Hey, podcasters. On today's episode of Business of Glam, we sit down with the lovely Leslie Clay Nolan with Fabric Denver. We're going to answer all of your questions that you have about buying into a franchise. We're also going to talk to her about adding the most important title to her resume, motherhood. So grab a glass of bubbles and we hope you enjoy. Well, we're excited to have with us Leslie Clay Nolan today with Fabric. Thank you for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. So, Leslie, tell us a little bit about you and your business. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to jump right in. It's a big question. Um, Well, I am originally from Atlanta. I moved here with my husband, I guess, about six years ago. Um, He's originally from Juneau, Alaska, so how we met, I have no idea. um, (laughs) And decided on Denver. Yeah, and we decided on Denver. My husband actually went to college here, and I had worked here a ton. So um, we wanted to open a fabric, which is a franchise that started in Atlanta, um, and this is where we wanted to be. So we took the big leap and came back here and opened our business. So, And now we're parents and business owners together. And How long has Fabric Denver been around? Um, so we opened December 2014. So we're about four and a half years now. Awesome. You made it through the hump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's and correct. How many fabric locations are there? So it's a franchise that you purchased into. Correct. So there is 40, I think 42 locations. We have two locations opening this year, I believe. Um, and so all are individually owned um, with the exception of five corporate stores. So um, so yeah, there's only one other location in Colorado. Um, the majority of our stores are in the Southeast, which I'm from the South. So it was a big leap to open in Denver. There really wasn't any locations when we opened at the time outside the Southeast. Um so yeah, Fabric has kind of grown, I, I think, with me and my team just um, and adapted to other regions um, outside the South. So a little bit different style, a little bit um, different looks that we're going for, but still very true to the Fabric brand. Awesome. What do you think is, why did you choose, I guess, a franchise or why did you choose Fabric? So that's a really good question. I actually um, worked in the software industry and one of my clients was this organization called the Score Association, (laughs) which I would have never known about had I not, you know, had them as a client. And essentially what the Score Association is, it's a nonprofit and it's retired entrepreneurs that you can go take ideas with. They'll do everything from help you write a business plan or just, you know, I mean, they're really just retired entrepreneurs. They partner you with somebody that um, maybe has some understanding of, you know, the types of businesses that you're interested in. And they're really just a mentor for you. And it's it was free. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really cool organization. I always tell people about it just because I don't think a lot of people know about it. And they have chapters all over the country. So um, my husband and I both always were really interested in being entrepreneurs. We had a few ideas of our own. And then franchising was always just, you know, something that we were looking into. Um, and I was I was a fabric shopper. Um, There used to be a fabric two blocks from my office building when I worked in Midtown in Atlanta. So I would go shop every Thursday for my weekend outfits because I'm like a once a week shopper. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just like, I loved the store. I loved the concept. I had no idea it was a franchise. And fast forward, I ended up finding out that they franchised through a friend. Um, And that was an, an option that we took to the score association. And our entrepreneur said, you know, a franchise is a great 
opportunity for a first-time business owner. You have a proven business model. You have support. There's guidance of getting started versus going out on your own. Um, and I think that he just, as we got to know him, could see that I, I really loved the business and the brand. And he said, if you're going to do this, like, opening a business is really hard work. So you, you got to make sure you love it. I mean, no kidding. We were looking at like a franchise called college hunks hauling junk because it was like the top (laughs) franchise the year of, but he gave us feedback that like neither one of us really wanted to be in that business. We were just more like chasing it because it was super popular. The number one franchise. Yeah. So we were like, should we invest? Um, but who doesn't love a college hunk? Right. I mean, you know, um, who doesn't have junk? (laughs) Right. Well, my husband always, he's in door-to-door sales and he always had like kids they would sell during the summer and that he would have a lot of college kids. So that's, there was some background to why we thought that was it, but I don't think either one of us wanted to be in the junk business. Right. Um, that was just one of the options that we, uh, we thought about. And I had been in food service, um, early in my career and I knew I didn't want to be in the food industry, which is also a place where you can do a lot of franchising. And I just, it's wasn't a life that I wanted to live after I had done it for a while. So, so yeah, I, um, I bought a fabric, I guess. Um, (laughs) I always tell people I'm not the most stylish person, but I love styling people. Um, so I think that's where, that's why I wanted to be part of the company. Um, and I love, I love working with women, which is, it's a women run business. It's, um, the majority of the owners are women. Of course, there's, um, men that are involved, but, um, and you work with a lot of women, which was something, even when I was in the software industry, I loved working with women and, and having mentors that were women that I could look up to. And then also being a mentor to young women that worked under me. So it's amazing. Yeah. For what it's worth, I couldn't imagine you owning college hunks. <laughs> <laughs> That whole drunk. Yeah. (laughs) I think fabric's a much better fit for you. (laughs) I think you bring up a good point though, because I think a lot of times people just want to own their own business and maybe they're not sure what direction to go into. You do start looking, I see it in entrepreneur magazine all the time in the back, like all of the different franchises that you can buy into who's number one in each, how much it costs to buy into each one. And I do think there are definitely perks, which we'll talk about in franchising versus trying to create your own business model. But do you think that it's as important to be passionate about the industry that you're getting into versus just trying to find a niche to get your own business? So I think that's an interesting question. I think that depends on the person. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of people who look at a business just as a business, right? It's just an investment. Um, for me, I think it was really important to be passionate, especially with my first business, because um, I was giving up my career. I was making a complete life change. My husband and I were in... Um, my husband and I were investing our life savings. I mean, we were in our early thirties, so we had saved and worked our asses off to have the the money to put up front. So for me, I really needed to be invested. I kind of, now that I've, I said, now that I have owned a business, I understand the other side of not being so personally invested as well. And just looking at it as a business and money and, um, an operation versus like, this is extremely personal for me. You pour your heart and soul into it, you know? Um, so yeah, for sure. So I think that's, I think it's just depends on the business where you are at the stage, but your first, you are, 
you're so invested and you've given up so much. I mean, I understand the appeal of, of having some heart behind it as well. What do you think some of the pros and cons are of a franchise versus trying to create all of your own structure and marketing and figuring out what works and what doesn't work? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of benefits. I would say the biggest benefit that I could say was the opening process because you are you are completely blind with exactly what you need to do, and there <laughs> that is true. <laughs> right, I can attest. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a, a ton of guidance with just hey, you need to get this license, and this is this is how the store is going to be built out. I didn't have to be creative and come up with things on my own. Um, you know, there's. Even something as small as creating a logo or whatever. I mean, it's that's the great part about a franchise is that you're buying into something that's out already built. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that takes a lot of stress off the beginning as a first-time business owner as well, and I think that's why it's appealing for sure. Um, I think the cons is... Um, now, I mean, I'm four and a half years in, right? So... Um, I've been doing it for a long time. I am I am in a very specific market that's much different than the market that the majority of our stores are in, and it's taken us a long time to really zero in and understand what the fabric De- Denver. I mean, we're in Littleton fabric. Littleton woman wants versus you know in the South. And I mean, I'm from the South. How I dress when I live in Atlanta is much different than how I dress here, and probably. I think in any region of the country, there's a bit of a change and a difference. And that's not just weather. I mean, that's um, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, and then, you know, there's um, the freedom of, I mean, you have, you've signed an agreement that you have to stick to. You, you know, you don't get to go pick out just whatever you want without getting approval. Or you don't get to just go throw an event without um, going through a corporation, which is, I mean... You know, I think that's tough for a lot of franchise owners because you think you know what's best for your business. But at the end of the day, you signed an agreement, you made an agreement and that you have to follow the rules. Um, and I'm like a rule follower. <laughs> I would I don't I don't. Um, I will always give my feedback and opinion, but I also made a commitment and I signed an agreement and I have to stick true to that. That's only fair for the commitment that I made to the franchise. But, you know, it's something to consider in the beginning. You really need the handholding and the guidance. But as you as you start operating your business, um, you know, there's some things that you feel like, hey, as the owner, I understand this better. But at the end of the day, that's not how it works. You made mm-hmm. you made a commitment and you have to stick true to that. So it's something to consider. I never thought about it when I was first opening. I was just like, everything's great. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Yeah. What is some advice that you have for somebody maybe looking to buy into a franchise of things that they should look for in that agreement or any red flag, like things that maybe are warning signs that maybe that's not the best franchise for them or things that they should be aware of since you have been in it for a little bit longer, maybe some things that you wish that you would have incorporated in? You know, I will say I... Looking back, and hindsight is twenty twenty. I was so excited, and I was in such a hurry. And I now I look back, and I'm like, what was the rush? Like, I should have slowed down. I should have taken my time. But 
I mean, that's kind of my personality anyways. I, my husband at one point, I remember we were like sitting in our office in Atlanta and he was just like, you aren't even scared to take this step. And I was like, it's going to be fine. We're going to be great. It's going to be amazing. You know? And I, you know, I, we should have slowed down, um, and just taken a deep breath, but I was in a hurry and I didn't, I can take, I can take ownership of, you know, Hey, slow down, like do your research. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you, when it comes to a franchise in general, um, there is a lot of, uh, rules that you have to stick to, but I also think you have to explore like, what are the key performance indicators of the franchise that you're working with? And to be honest, agreements are very vague and that plays in the favor of the franchise. Um, you know, but I didn't really dig in to understand those. And then again, that's the agreement that I signed, but under, I mean, that's a lot of things I'm telling you to think about, but I would say those are the biggest lessons that I've learned for sure. Um, I also, I warn people all the time and I tell, I talk to women who want to buy into a fabric all the time. And then, you know, I've talked to other people that are really interested about a business and their mindset is like, I just think this is going to be so much fun and like bullshit. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fun, but you're about to work your ass off. (laughs) You have no idea how hard it is. And like you think retail and clothing and like, oh, it's so laid back. This must be a blast. Like, no, it is blood, sweat, and tears, you know, and you can take this, the, the backseat approach, but for me, that's not who I am. And I just had no idea how much it was, how much hard work it was going to be. I was a little oblivious and a little bit blind to that. So setting realistic expectations for yourself and just knowing that's what it's going to be. And now I'm a mom. So, you know, my, I had my daughter and I took a year just kind of letting my business run itself. And like, it, it was a game changer for my store and I've been back full time and it's made a massive difference. Like people want you, they want to know you, you are the face of their business. Um, they come because of you. And it was, it was a big eye opener too, just starting a family and having to make an adjustment and and figure that out as well, you know? And, and you can't be at the store all the time. I mean, I say, um, it's really weird. I'll work a 10 to six and 10 to six used to mean like 10 to whenever I decide I'm leaving. Um, and that's not the case anymore. Like I have to be home at six 30 because the lady who watches my daughter, it's time for her to go home. Like yeah. I can't like fiddle around for another 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's been a game changer for sure. I think one of the interesting things you talked about was the marketing piece sure. with franchising. I think a lot of people that go into a national franchise especially think, oh, they're going to do all of the marketing. People are going to know the name. People are going to know the brand. And I think sometimes franchises fail in other cities because they forgot to do a little marketing themselves. So how do you kind of find that balance between the national marketing, what they're providing to you, and then what works for your customers, your clientele? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, something to think about is, I mean, there is national marketing and that's great. Um, 
you know, we're in the retail business. So for example, there is an online that we're not connected with that can be very confusing for our customers. Again, something I didn't even think to explore in, it was 2013, 2014 when I was having those conversations. I mean, online was there, but the growth of online is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you think of national marketing, a lot of people it's, it's instant gratification they want to click and that's not the case for when you own a franchise that's hyper local that is in a city and then now we're outside really the regions where fabrics typically are so yes there is recognition but nowhere near if you opened you know I don't know in a college town in the south Mm -hmm. um where you know the girls are have shopped at fabric for and fabrics been open since 2002 so it's like a little bit different there um Quickly, I learned you you cannot rely on franchise marketing. You have to do your own marketing. You have to be very aggressive with marketing. You've got to make connections in your city. You've got to partner with local businesses, and that's good, bad, and indifferent. Like you can have some, uh, you can have an event that doesn't go over well, but you don't realize like the connections that you've made until after it's over. You know, I, mm-hmm. I it's um, and you you can't stop. You can't take a back seat. And um, that includes social media marketing and spending money. I mean, for you or for people that are part of a franchise, you're paying a franchise fee. You're paying national advertising. But, like, it doesn't stop there. You have to spend money to get people in the store. And social media is a huge – it's this amazing tool to get people into your location, but it has to be consistent. You have to invest in it. And that's the only, and it has to be local. It, you know, you really do have to focus on national. And don't get me wrong, that are on local. The national um, focus is really great as well. But it, you can't rely on that if you think people are going to walk through your door. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I talked about partnering with local businesses, but even you know, we're part of a women's entrepreneur group. But then, um, just trying anything, you have to do it. You know, yeah. and. Um, Sometimes it's really great, and sometimes you're like, wow, that was a waste of my time and a lot of work, but at the end of the day, you have to do it. Yeah. And not everything's going to be, um, you know, the most amazing event you've ever done or, um, you know, thousands of dollars in sales, but you have to go into it with an open mind and treat every event or whatever it is that you're doing the same and make as many connections as you can because they remember you and will come you know, support your business. So, so you did become a new mother a year, Kennedy's a year, 15 months, 15 months. Yep. 15. I never thought I'd use that measurement until I had a kid. I'm like, well, what does that even mean? She is cute as a button, but (laughs) thank you. How do you balance motherhood, married life, business ownership, do you have any like structure, anything that might be helpful for anybody else, those working mamas out there trying to, or even unworking mamas? I know it's hard to find that balance in any business ownership sure. of how you have a personal life, how you stick true to a schedule. Yeah. So, well, I failed miserably at that for about <laughs> the first eight months that my daughter was born. Um, you know, to be honest, I had my daughter and I, I, I'm, th- 38 I can say that I was I turned 37 seven days after I had my kid um and so you know I wasn't really sure if I wanted to have children and then we did and so for me I'm I'm only planning on one so 
I wanted to be a part of her life as much as possible. And I had a manager in my store for the first time in like the three years that we had been open. And I did take a back seat. Um, and, you know, to be honest, my store suffered a bit um, just because people uh, um, people were very loyal to me and wanted to see me. And um, I did take a back seat. And I think um, when you say balance, I think that's a really good way of putting it because I almost think my mistake was taking too big of a step back. Um, and that sounds weird because it's like, oh, I was just being a mom and I wanted to be with my mm -hmm. daughter. But you can't neglect your business. You can take a break, but you can't neglect your business. And I, I can honestly say that I think I neglected my business a little bit. I just kind of said, like, whatever, it's going to run itself. I'm going to spend time with my kid. Um, and, yeah, so it was a pretty hard lesson to learn but I'm also seeing the benefits of being back in my store. My advice is like set a schedule, be consistent. I would try, I would say like, I'm just going to pop into the store this week. And then of course you get pulled in 900 different directions and you don't, you know, it's like I showed up for, you know, a few times and it wasn't quality time. I was distracted while I was there. Whereas now I schedule myself. I am there. I am invested. There's nothing else that I can be doing. Um, yeah. And then when I'm with my kid, I have to turn off as well. Um, and same with my husband. Like, you know, I always heard people say, like, when you have a baby, you have to remember, like, to give your husband the attention. And that's true, too. There was this moment in, like, November of this past year where I was like, whoa, I'm like, I'm not doing anything great. <laughs> I'm just doing a lot of things. So I was like, I'm not I'm not a great wife. I'm not a great mom. I'm not a great business owner. Um I'm not in shape, like, you know, <laughs> I'm not eating healthy and taking care of myself. Like all of a sudden there was this switch where all the, it was like all the things that I had always done that made me happy. And then I put my time into, I wasn't doing any of those and I was just kind of existing. Um, so yeah, I had to really dig down deep inside and understand. And now that I have a consistent schedule and I know when I'm going to be there, I make the most of my time when I'm there. But then when I'm with my daughter and with my husband, I'm making the most of my time with them. And my team is very respectful and understands like, hey, you need to go and be with your family too. And I have, you have to hire people who have your back and really care about your business as well. And I can say during the time where I stepped out, I didn't have people who genuinely were invested in my business. It doesn't mean they weren't nice. It doesn't mean that they weren't okay. But you, as a business owner, you have to take great care of your people and they have to take great care of you. And that's really important. And I had always been really blessed with a great team. And now we're, I think we're back at that place. But also I'm invested in them as well. Mm -hmm. So you can't not be invested and then expect them to be invested in you like it's a catch-22 and that's what I mean by I was a terrible business owner <laughs> um so yeah I think you weren't terrible probably as you think <laughs> at all of those things I think that you do get to this point because I did it myself without having a child that I was like I am stretched too thin and I'm not giving anything and I'm not doing self-care and like right. by not doing self-care I'm angry and resentful to my staff members right. or to people. Right. And I'd be like, you just don't, boyfriend, whatever. I was like, you don't understand. Yeah. I'm, and I'm like, I'm doing it to myself. I yeah. need to like pull back and do for me. 
But I think what you also brought up was finding amazing staff members. So do you have any tips or tricks on finding really great staff members to be a part of your team? My biggest piece of advice for anyone is take your time. Like when you have that weird feeling at an interview, but you are desperate to have uh, somebody to fill some hours, don't. Like, don't. Find the right people. Take your time. Follow your intuition. Follow your gut. Um, that's that's like that's step one or first piece of advice because you know I think every business owner can say it. You're like, oh God, we're like understaffed. I have to have somebody here, and then you hire somebody that you knew wasn't going to be a great fit, and then it's not a great fit, and that's such a waste of your time. Your invest. It's a waste of their time. Um, it's a waste of your other team members' times because it like. I always tell people, even when I'm hiring people, I say, like, this job is, I'm going to make sure while you're here, you take life lessons and, like, I want to I want to teach and train you things that you think this is just a retail job. But truly, every job I had when I was younger, there was people that I, that I really saw as, like, they helped me get to where I am today. And even if that was a serving job or being a bartender or whatever that was. Um, and I have some great people that I can look back on. So I always want to have that opportunity for the people working for us. But on the other hand, like this job's supposed to be fun. Like you should look at the schedule and come in and say, I'm, I want to work with anybody on the team. Not like, Oh God, I'm working with this person today. They suck so bad. You know? Um, I've had that moment as a business owner <laughs> and who's like, maybe this isn't the right fit for me. Right. Absolutely. And I'm like, Oh God, she's working again today. I don't yeah. know if I want to go in. Yeah. Not, like not the best fit. Right. We've actually, I think every business owner can say like, there's moments where like you're uncomfortable in your own space and you're like, hold up. I own this place. <laughs> Why am I? Oh wait, they yeah. work for me. Right. Wait. Why am I uncomfortable? But on the flip side of that and and honestly, I can say we have had really great people um, at, that are still part, part of our lives after they've left Fabric, but you have to treat your people really well. You have to take care of your team. They have to know that you genuinely care for them. You have to make sure that they um, they get feedback, good, bad, and indifferent. And you know, I say giving people good feedback is really important because I think sometimes people forget that, but also when there's something that needs to be addressed, you can't be a coward. You have to address it. And it's only going to make people better and it's only going to make your business better. Um, so yeah. I saw, um, Gary V I follow on Instagram and he was like, it's not about being the best person to hire like as a boss, right? You don't have to be the best at hiring and we get so caught up in the hiring and that it is a failure on us right. if they don't work out. Right. That you have to be quick to fire. And yeah. that's the best piece of yeah. hiring advice he has. Yeah. Do you agree? Absolutely. Like, uh, you can't just have people who fill the shifts for you. Um, and something I always kind of stri- stick true to, and I will say that my husband's a huge support of this as well, um, is at the end of the day, if you have to work all day, every day, until you find the right people, then that's what you have to do. And that's like a big pill to swallow, especially when you're a mom, right? Yeah, it is. But you have to have that mindset. Like, you cannot have bodies or a beating heart. That's, it's detrimental to your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's just part of business ownership. Not everybody's going to love working at Fabric and love working for you and love your family and love um, selling clothes or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of people who do. But 
when you have those people, you have to treat them really, really well. Do you have any big lessons that stand out to you? I mean, the biggest lesson is like slow down. Yeah. I wish that I had taken my time. I had done research. I had slowed down. I had, I had, I was just, I don't like, I literally look back and I was in such a rush and I don't know what the rush was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And you know, I say do your research. I actually, on my laptop, I opened up this spreadsheet where I called all these fabric owners and I asked all these questions and I asked the right questions, but I was like, I had blinders on, so I didn't listen to the answers. And a lot of my answers were on that piece of paper because every time I would talk to a fabric owner before I opened, I would bring, you know, I would bring up all my questions and then I would write in what they wrote. And it's like, they kind of told me what to expect, but I had my blinders on. There were stars in my eyes. I was in a hurry, like just slow down. And I don't know that any of that would have changed my decision whatsoever. I just didn't hear it. Like I was just so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, investing your entire life savings like you're giving up your career I moved across the country you know all the things that I did I just should have slowed down which is something I'm having to learn in life in general Um. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you and I are similar in that aspect that it's like just go yeah gas yeah foot on the gas and we'll ask questions later I worked out with a trainer today and she was like hey Leslie like just getting through the workout we're still going to work out for an hour so like I don't know what your rush is (laughs) but I was in my mind I was like I just want to get it over with let's get out of this let's do this yeah so um so yeah I think that's I think that's it um I mean that's yeah that's it (laughs) how do you stay inspired and motivated Oh, well, um, it's really funny you're asking me these questions because I just, I would say in the last two months I feel recharged. So it's a really good time because I can say I was on empty. I would say October, November, December of last year is probably the most empty I've been in my business. Like I literally was on zero. Um, and I mean, I had a lot of things going on, you know, I have a kid and who was like not sleeping at the time for, you know, really fun for me and my husband, but, um, so just. I don't know, four and a half years in, I just, I hit kind of this bottom and I've been recharged. So something that I always did and I I realized I wasn't doing anymore is like reading. Um, What a concept. Like what a concept. (laughs) And there's like all these amazing books out there. And I don't know, I was kind of like rejecting that concept of like, I don't need a pump up speech and I don't need to be motivated. But then I like, I I read a motivational book and I was like, shit, that works, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that feels good. Exercise is huge. I've always worked out my entire life. It's like, especially when you own a business, like just taking a moment, like one hour to yourself to escape. You're not checking your Instagram and your Facebook and you're not checking emails and you're doing something that's good for yourself. I think you have to fuel your body with good things. I mean, I fuel my body with white wine too, but, um, that's good stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, fruits and vegetables and eating healthy and taking care of yourself. And I mean, a lot of this feeds into being a good mom and a good wife too. Like mm-hmm. you have to feel good about you. You have to be making good decisions. And I, I can say at the end of last year, I wasn't doing any of those things that brought me happiness. And then I was like, why am I unhappy? You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. And then, I mean, I, I like to have a pretty, great group of people that support me and I try to be supportive of them as well. But I think it's really important to connect with 
other entrepreneurs, other women in business. We just had a, a networking event at my store and it was it was such a great night and I, I've done it before and I was like, why don't I do this more often? Like we're bringing all these like badass women together and we're all going through the same thing and you have a support system. It's really mm-hmm. important. So, um, so yeah. And I think biggest thing is, oh, I feel like emotional about this, but like <laughs> you have to take, okay, you, you have to emotional. take care of your marriage. Um, and you can't like, (laughs) you can't check out of your marriage. Um, and there's nobody that has your back more than, I mean, if you're married, obviously, (laughs) but like for me, there's no one that loves me and cares about me more and like accepts me for all the, my bullshit and like still wants to be with me. And you have to nurture that and us being connected and being, on the same page and taking care of each other makes us better parents. It makes us better business owners. It makes us better business people. It makes us, you know, better friends and family and you know, all of those things. So, so yeah, I love that. I love like the whole step back. Yeah. Take care of you, put your oxygen mask on. first, (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then you have so much more to give to everybody else in your life and can nourish those relationships and create time and space for, those relationships sure. or late night dance parties. Right. Or late night dance parties help. You have to do that every <laughs> once in a while. Absolutely. It really helps. It really does. So does fabric have a mission and vision statement that they provided for you? Or do you have something that you've created for your staff to kind of help keep your team motivated, stay focused, be able to stay on brand? Um, so fabric has their own mission statement. And I mean, just along the brand, I mean, I think there's two, one is high style with heart, which just means like, Hey, we have, you know, I think great clothes. We have great fashion, but there's also some heart behind the brand, um, as well. And then it's love what you do. Um, so that's the fabric brand mission. So again, you're buying a franchise that's kind of built in, which is cool. Um, you don't have to think of a mission statement. Um, I, I mean, I think in my store is, you know, I think that's that's a lot. But I just think open and honest communication is extremely important. And I think that you have to take feelings out of it and and be open and honest, period, you know? Um and I think every every business owner has like these gut check moments of like, God, I have to have this tough conversation. It's really easy to shy away from it, but you have to have the tough conversations mm-hmm. and you have to hold people accountable. You have to hold yourself accountable and you can't play like, I think, you know, being part of a franchise, what's really easy. And I was president of our franchise council um, for, I was on the council for three years. I was president for a little while. Um, And so I talked to a ton of the owners and, you know, when you're part of a franchise, it's really easy to blame what's happening on the franchise. Right. So if you don't have sales, well, it's all their fault because blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, like this is your business. This is your store. You have to take ownership for why it's something's not going right, period, point blank. And it's really easy to point the fingers elsewhere. But you have to dig in and say, like, 
regardless of what's happening, I've got to make this better and I've got to figure out how to make this how to make this work, you know? And there's a lot of things when you're part of a franchise, it's out of your control. You, you know, I, I talked about online. Like at the end of the day, I sign an agreement where I don't have online sales. So I can be pissed about it all day, but it's not affecting my everyday business. But you know what I do have control over? The customer service that people get when they come into my store, how I make them feel. I, how I help style them, how I stay on top of inventory to make sure working with our buying team that we're getting the right stuff. Like that's what I have control over. So you have to stay focused on what you can control and stop focusing on what you can't. And it's really hard when you're part of a franchise, right? Because you, you signed up because you, because there's structure, but then you don't want the structure and you have to have gut check moments of like control what you can. And be open and honest. I think that's such good advice, not just in a franchise, but in all of it. It's right. so easy to blame somebody else right. for what is going wrong. And at the end of the day, as the owner, you have to take owner. Right. You do. And figure out how to pull up right. the bootstraps and get through it. Yeah, for sure. What are any future plans for you, for fabric, for... You know, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm kind of at this... Um, it's comfortably numb the right word I don't know um you know I don't really know I think these are it's a a big conversation you know I said I wanted to open my first business and I've done it and now we've been open for four plus years and um you know I don't know um I met with a business coach a little bit after I had my daughter and just tried to understand like what I enjoy out of work, what I don't enjoy out of work, what things that I want to do. Um, you know, and I think for the first time, not knowing and taking my own advice of like, slow down, like it's going to work out. Stop. Don't make quick decisions. Don't make, you know, I just don't really know. I mean, fabric right now, my focus is fabric. Our store has been doing great. We have an amazing team. We have the right people in place. And so I'm just kind of thriving on that at the moment and living in the moment. I have to slow down. So that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I think you also always have to be curious and, and kind of stick your nose into things. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, you know, some things I'm confident in is that I, I understand how to operate a business well. I think I really enjoy being a mentor to people. And I think there's a lot of people who are getting started that could have used that, including myself when I was getting started, what that means. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, um, I think we'll just see. I'm just kind of riding the wave. But right now it's like, hey, I want to be a great mom. I need to be, I want to be a great wife. I'm I'm really focusing on being a better wife. Um, I want to be healthier and happier and I want to run a, a good business and I want people to love coming to work. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Love that. Do you have any dream collaborations, any big dreams out there? Like if you had sky's the limit, what you, who you could partner with, what you could do? Um collaborations god I'm trying to think <laughs> like would you want your own fashion line or um <laughs> you know I have this dream of like I want a shoe store but Ugh. I think just mostly because I'm obsessed with shoes I was gonna say I'll help um, you run that right shoe store. <laughs> <laughs> you know um no 
I don't know. Is that a, that's like maybe no, a bad answer? I think that it's so great because I think yeah. we can get so caught up in like the next thing. Right. Or like what our biggest dreams would be. And yeah. to just be in the moment is such yeah. an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not extremely, um, I, I think knowing your strengths and weaknesses is important. Creativity is not a strength of mine. So there's definitely no fashion line in my future. <laughs> so Um, leslie and i did vision boards in our networking group and she was done in like five minutes i was like yeah yeah here's some apples like we're gonna eat healthy we're gonna do some yoga everything's good we're gonna do it and here's me i've got i've gone through every magazine because i don't want to miss a photo that might be perfect for my vision board and i think it took like two weeks for me to create my board yeah mine was like maybe six minutes yeah I was like, well, I had fun cutting things with you yeah. ladies. <laughs> I'm going to go home and paste. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know what's next right now. And I am learning to be okay with that. So that's where I'm at. I mean, I, I would love to meet Serena Williams and collaborate with her somehow. But other than that, I don't know. <laughs> I have a current. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. Um, so Instagram, probably where we're the most active. So you should definitely be following us. Um, it's fabric, F-A-B-R-I-K, and then Denver. We are in Littleton, which I always like to point out. We just opened a market, so we called it Denver. Um, then same thing for Facebook. If you search Fabric Denver at Fabric Denver, you can find us there as well. Um, and then um, my LinkedIn is Leslie Nowlin. It has clay in parentheses. Um, and that's it. Awesome. Don't pay too much attention to the fabric stories or do if you want to buy a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I buy off of the Instagram stories like every single day, I feel like. Yeah. So we post new arrivals. We get new arrivals almost every single day during the week. Um, So we post our new arrivals in the stories, which is extremely popular Oftentimes very competitive, <laughs> um, which you is fine with be, me. You have to be on it. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I I want that. I'll take that. Yeah. I do occasionally make deliveries to Lindsay via car. So yeah, <laughs> I might may or may not have a fabric delivery today. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and yeah. sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for having me. Well, podcasters, we hope that you enjoyed that episode of Business of Glam. I know that I always love spending time with Leslie. She is part of a girl boss entrepreneur group that I'm a part of, and I just love all of the knowledge she has. I too looked into franchising when I was looking to start my business, and if I would have had Leslie's advice beforehand, I know that it would have helped make my decisions easier than kind of self-doubting yourself throughout the way. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode again of Business of Glam. Our thanks to Leslie Clay Nolan from Fabric Denver for sitting down with us and sharing all of her knowledge and how she kind of took time to step away from her business and to start a family. So thank you again to Leslie for sitting down with us and sharing all of her knowledge. We hope until next time you always stay glam.